0: Stone I can't see where you come from, but I know just what you're going to call. The blood matters, people. The blood matters, Don't you stop
1: me falling from neck. Coach Stone Podcast number 11. I want to thank everyone for listening to this Coach Stone Podcast. I want to thank JC Hawks Radio, JC Hawks Sports Network. Also, thanks, CJ. Uh, Coletta, for letting me do this. Uh, If anybody wants to visit my website for all my past blogs or podcasts, you can go to www.coachstonefootball.com. Also, viewers, my old podcast will be on iTunes under J.C. Hawks Radio. My guest for Coach Stone podcast number 11 is a former NFL defensive pack. He's also an owner of his own company for running, and I'm going to tell all the listeners, if you are in his neck of the woods or if you can get him to come to your organization, I would highly recommend it. Um, but my guest at this time is Willie Pyle. Willie, are you on? Yes, sir, I am. How you doing, Coach Stone? I'm doing great, man. It's nice talking to you.
2: Yes, sir. Great to hear from you. Thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, thank you for, hey, you know, we only have like about five viewers, so now I think we'll be up to 10 <laughs> after you. You'll double it for sure.
0: Um, <laughs> and
1: here, here, here's the reason why I say that. You're a former NFL uh, NFL defensive back. You were drafted. You played for Virginia. You know, Tech. Uh, you're a former. I'm mean, sorry, you played for Virginia Tech. You're from Virginia. There you go.
2: You know, you're there raised you in New
1: York City and Virginia. I won't tell. You're I won't fair. say all the cool things about you. You will let you do that during the thing. But you own your own business called Fast Performance, and we'll you're talk fair. about that later in the show. You're an NFL ambassador. You help out with all the NFL teams and things like that. You help with youth programs. You're also a USA Football Master Trainer, something I know yep. a little about back in the day, and mm-hmm. I know you're probably gonna hate me for this. You also are a model for I've seen you in the Footballs. <laughs> is that
2: correct? This, yeah, this is true. <laughs> These are all true. Yeah, we gonna hit. We hit that. We hit all the genres. All the people who, can, who, who have any interest. We don't. We don't leave no. Put it like this. We leave no stone unturned. Oh, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> you know
1: this is cool because. Uh, Besides being number 11, you know, Coach Stone Podcast, episode number 11, you're my first model. You know, I I don't know if Coach Calvin Calvin and Coach Bryce might, you know, be a little upset with you or Coach Hines, you know, or, you know, Ricky Upton, the first guest. You know, he's a model himself. But um, let's do this, Coach. Um, We're going to go over the game plan. All right. Uh, We're going to do pregame. You're going to talk about yourself. If anybody wants to contact you for your company or visit your website, please do yep. that. I will also put that on my website, you know, a link for underneath my podcast for that. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk about the first drive question. I'm sorry, we'll yep. talk about kickoff, first drive. We'll go to halftime, kickoff return, second drive question, and then we'll have two-minute warning, and then the end of the game if we don't have overtime. So that's, that's the breakdown of the show. Um, I like it. Are you ready, Coach File?
2: Yes, sir. I'm ready to put me in the game, Coach.
1: Put you in the game. Okay. So it's pre-game. <laughs> the floor is yours, Coach. Ex- tell us all about yourself. You know, I know there, there's a lot of Chiefs fans, you know, and mm-hmm. I know there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans listening. So and yep. I, I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some props, right? But explain, yep. if you can, explain your bio to the uh, listening audience.
2: Go ahead. The floor coach, is yours. Not coach. a problem. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, again, it's, a, it's my pleasure to be on. Uh, The show and just a little bit about myself, I was born in the Bronx, right? I'm a New Yorker by birth, by raising, you know, I I think East coast, everything in me is East coast. And uh, in middle school, I was fortunate to move down to Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, I didn't pick up a football, didn't put on shoulder pads, didn't put on a helmet until I was a freshman in high school. My ninth grade year was the first time I ever put on gear. Now, I say that in official capacity. Now, we played outside with our friends, and we were just kids and, you know, did throw up tackle and, um, you know, fake punt returns and, you know, neighborhood battles we used to have. But I grew up as a hooper. I was a basketball player. That's what I thought I was going to play. I did gymnastics as a youngster. I did uh, basketball as a youngster. I tried baseball one year. I got hit in the hands. I said, I'm good on that. Took an inside pitch. I said, I'm cool on that. And so when I got to high school, uh, I wanted to play football, and my high school coach that was there that everybody up for the tryouts really raised. He said, raise your hand if you want to play quarterback. or excuse me, play wide receiver. And I raised my hand because my favorite player growing up was Jerry Rice. Like, growing up in New York and being a 49ers fan was tough because everybody in my family cheered for the Giants, and I'm the lone wolf on the other side hoping that, you know, Phil Simms throws a pick or Matt Barr misses a kick. And so I cheered for the Niners growing up. I thought I was going to be the next Jerry Rice. And then the coach said, who's going to play receiver? Everybody raised their hand, including myself. He said, well, who's going to play quarterback? And only one kid raised a hand, and he was smaller than me, not sure if he can throw very well. But at the same time, Coach, one of my teammates said, hey, man, you should play quarterback. You get the ball in your hand every time. He said, you can affect the play. It'll be just like we play in the neighborhood. And I said, okay. So at that moment, I became a quarterback, and my coach that I had, Coach Jamie Meyer, back at West Potomac High School in Alexandria, Virginia, was my first football coach. And he instilled in me, a leadership, a work ethic on how a quarterback should behave, how he should lead a team, the type of effort he needs to bring. And back then, I was really an offensive guy. I didn't really care too much for contact. It took to my sophomore year when I started putting on some weight, started lifting weights that I actually thought about contact and wanting to hit people. And then I had a coach. My sophomore year, Coach Poitras. He was the linebacker's coach, defense coordinator. And he said, I know you love basketball. He said, but I'm going to tell you now, it's 12 scholarships in basketball. It's 85 in football. He said, do the math. And he knew I loved math. And then he said, look, a 6'1", 6'2 guard, that's a diamond dozen in the DMV, which is D.C., Maryland, Virginia. You better have a wicked jump shot, crazy handles, or jump out the gym, right? He said, but a 6'1", 6'2 safety, 6'1", 6'2 receiver, or quarterback, so you can write your own ticket to any school. You got great grades, you can have a great opportunity to make an impact in football. And that story resonated with me. And then I started talking to my mom about scholarships and you know, I started getting letters, you know, by the time I was on varsity, I was getting recruited, and I went to a camp at Michigan and performed well, and next thing you know, the scholarship offers started rolling in, and I was fortunate to accept a full scholarship to Virginia Tech under the great legendary and Hall of Fame coach as of the end of this summer, Coach Frank Beamer, and uh, he brought me in, and the funny thing about it is I was a quarterback, and I was the area player of the year on offense, and I made all state on defense, and I had a great high school uh, career. And I happened to enter into college at Virginia Tech at the same time as another pretty good quarterback whose name was Michael Vick. And so Mike and I get into school at the same time. Mike played quarterback. I played quarterback. I ended up moving to safety. Mike wore number seven. I wore number seven. He was <laughs> number 35. So it, it didn't take long for me to recognize that this guy was a special talent. And I was recruited as an athlete. I'm not going to lie. They didn't say, we need you to play quarterback. I was recruited as an athlete, a defensive player, because they liked my size and the fact that I could run. But, you know, I always, in the back of my mind, said, man, maybe I could play quarterback in college at that level. And all it took was one practice for him to unleash one of them left-handed spirals, and he ripped my glove in half when I broke on a play. And he ripped it in half right down the middle, those old-school gray football Nike gloves, ripped it down the middle. And I said, you know what? I'm not a quarterback in college. I'm a defensive player. It's hit or be hit, and I'd rather be the hammer, not the nail. And so I was fortunate to, to play there for three years. I in my first year, was a backup that first year. We went to the national championship and lost to Florida State. And it was at that moment I said I'll never sit the bench here again and uh, ended up starting the next three years. All-Americans set records in terms of uh, interceptions and, you know, player of the, of, of the week and national defensive player of the week and those kinds of things. And it put me on a, a platform to be um, evaluated by scouts. And so I was a draft pick of the Kansas City Chiefs in 2003 where I was there for uh, two seasons, a practice squad year, then a full year where I actually started a bunch of games and played a lot. And then that third year I was released after, after training camp, and I signed with the Dallas Cowboys as a free agent. So I moved to Dallas and I played here for another year in training camp, get released, and I finished my football playing career in the CFL for the Toronto Argonauts. So I played in the States. I was down here from 03 to 06. And then 2007 season, I went up to Canada and played for the Argonauts and had a pretty good career up there as well. You know, was a leader on the team and in the community, made a lot of plays and met a lot of great, great people. And uh, throughout that time, I I, I enjoyed football and what it it allowed me to do. And I learned a lot, and it provided a platform for me to give back. And it started with doing camps. And then I I joined USA Football and, and did their camps. And then I became a master trainer. Um, at the request of Mike Haynes, who was actually my roommate when we were training for the draft. And so Mike and I had the same agent, and so that's how we got to know each other. And he was in charge of the master trainer, so he brought me on, and I was able to um, join that movement in terms of helping make the game better and safer, creating awareness for safer practices and qualifying coaches to be able to teach the game and not just any run of the mill, but creating a standard. Which is what USA Football believes in, and so I was able to get behind that. And then in terms of how to tackle, you know, I experienced injuries from improper form and improper technique, and safety became a byproduct of superior technique and better technique. And so the better I got at my technique, the less injuries I um, I was a part of. And so uh, I believe in what you know USA Football is doing. And I was um, I'm a dad, and I have a fourth grader, and this was his first year playing tackle football. And, I was excited for him, you know, and he had a great season and, and enjoyed himself a lot and played very hard, made a lot of plays and played a better, safer way. And so I wholeheartedly believe football is a, is a great vehicle, and that's what I tell all the athletes I train um, in fast performance is that football is just a vehicle to get from point A to point B. And whether it's football, whether it was marching band like I was in, whether it's, you know, the chess club, whether it's the math camps, whatever it may be, you're using it as a vehicle to something a little bit better and that's what I use football for. And so when you look at my story from beginning to end, not coming into the sport till later, having some success, you know, which is actually kind of rare because usually you think you've got to play for a long time. Well, I was able to join in, and because of my work ethic and my athleticism and natural ability, I was able to, to take my career and play as a professional. And now in my business, Fast Performance and Fitness, I'm able to help athletes get better, train them mentally, physically, emotionally prepare them for the road that they're going to take, be it in from middle school to high school, from high school to varsity, to varsity to a scholarship. And then I even helped transition guys from college to the NFL by training them for the draft process. And so uh, football, it defines a huge portion of my life, but it doesn't define my entire life because I have a great family. My wife of, of now, shoot, going on 12 years now um, and, and two young boys. <laughs> you get James. that right, Willie. Yeah, 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 No, that's what I was thinking because I, th- I, I was about to say 15 but that's just how long we've been together. We've been married for 12, coming up in July. So I got yeah, I, I know that. I'm not gonna mess that up. <laughs> and so, and then we got our two young sons, um, who's uh, a nine, about to be 10 uh, next Wednesday, and then a, uh, a one-year-old who will be two at the end of May. So uh, we have a, a nice full circle. And sports, like I said, plays a huge role uh, in our lives, and I'm just fortunate to have used it as a vehicle for a platform that allows me to to give back. Awesome.
1: Uh, before, we, uh, before the whistle blows, because I know we've got about like 30 seconds left,
2: if someone mm-hmm. wants
1: to contact you or get in touch with you with your business, can you give that information
2: yes. right now? Absolutely. So my website is i train fast with two S's, itrainfast.com. And the reason why I chose the word FAST, it's an acronym for the five core areas of sports performance that I believe in. Footwork, agility, speed, strength and technique most sports that we play involve those five elements maybe swimming doesn't but most of the other sports involve some measure of footwork agility speed strength and technique and if we can master those five core areas you'll have yourself a good athlete you have yourself a fast athlete
1: so if anybody has any questions they can go there contact you uh either for a class or if they want to like i mean i know one time we brought you Mike Haynes and myself, we, we, we got you to South Korea, right? And yes, sir. And you brought your company there, and it was amazing. Yes. And, and for my audience to listen to this, I'm telling you right now, seeing Willie's company in person doesn't do it justice on the website. What I'm saying is, kids, you will get faster. Parents, if you send them to his program, they will get faster. If My son, if we lived in, El- if we lived in Texas, we would be going to him all the time because what I see, what he's done with his son and other kids, the, it's just amazing. And one thing, I think Willie said this one time when we were in South Korea, or maybe a famous person named Billy Elmore, speed kills, baby. Speed <laughs> right,
2: kills. Right, right. And, that, and that's funny <laughs> that you brought that up, Stone, because that's one of the things we say. It's like, look, parents are like, how do I get my kid faster? How do I get them faster? And, Coach, honestly, when I'm talking to them, I'm saying your kid getting faster is a byproduct of being more efficient, it's so much wasted motion with our athletes, and we'll get into that as we move down the segment. But it's so yeah. much wasted motion with our athletes, and that when you make them more efficient, the process goes so much faster. And that's what we're promoting. That's what we're pushing is creating a, a, a efficient athlete, no wasted movement. And you'll see, you'll cover the ground so much faster. You'll change direction so much faster because your technique and your efficiency. Is improved, and I, and I give a great example, and like I said, we'll talk about it down the road, but I give a great example of how I explain it to my athletes and their parents. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Coach, with that being said,
1: there's the whistle. Uh, what we're going to do is go to commercial break with the US, Ar- U.S. Army Go Army Edge app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, it's a free app uh, online for United States. We are trying to test it in the United Kingdom, I believe, in the next couple of months. But if you are in the USA, download the USA Army Go Army Edge app. Uh, We'll be right back.
0: Go Army Edge Football is a free game-changing app that allows coaches to draw their plays with X's and O's and then get mental reps from the first-person perspective or any position on the field with real-time 3D graphics or virtual reality. Go Army Edge Football comes preloaded with many example plays and drills for concepts such as formation recognition and RPO reads. Any coach in any system can benefit from demonstrating in Go Army Edge football and every player can become a better football player with extra reps in the app. Go visit them on Twitter or Facebook. Insert at Go Army Edge.
1: Back from commercial break, Coach Stone podcast number 11. Coach Powell, you still there? Yes, sir, I'm here. but Perfect. Let's go with the kickoff question. This is probably one of those questions where it's like, ooh, do I want to answer it? Do I not want to answer it? You know, I want your ooh. thoughts you're a former NFL player, right? You've been mm-hmm. in the trenches before. You've seen it. You've been part of the shield, you know. So what I want you to do, what are your thoughts on the current football situation in youth, high school, NCAA, and the NFL? However long you want to each topic, or do you want to just lump them together? It's your call. The floor is yours. Mm-hmm. Coach Pyle, go ahead. Thank you.
2: Um, well, let me tell you, first, I love football. Again, I, I, I can't thank it enough for the lessons that I've learned, both uh, mentally and physically, um, the competition, the, the way that it is shaped, um, how I see things, and how I view people, being accountable, all those things that help make a, a family solid, a team solid. It really is one of the few sports that mirrors life. And as I look at our sport now, the changes that are being made, the climate of our sport has changed right? It's a rough and tumble. It's still a physical sport. It's a sport for, for men and, uh, and, for, and for young athletes, men and women, who want to participate in the sport. It's, 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 a, it's a sport that allows them to, to be tough, right? It's a physical sport. And what I like to see um, as I look at our sport at the NFL level, they're the ones that have the most visibility. And so the changes there will eventually trickle down and create a, a united conscience amongst the people who watch the sport and who love the sport. And so I like to see athletes who are currently playing, who used to play and um, coaches as well, get together and discuss how we can make the game better and safer and make rules that are realistic. There's some rules that are just so unrealistic. It's not fair. Like I think back to when I played and, how many fines I would have just because guys have changed their target zone and the strike zone. You know, it's not baseball. It's different. And guys are moving, and it's a a difficult sport to officiate, and I get it, and it's a difficult sport to legislate because it's a tough sport. It's football, right? And that's the essence of why many people signed up. And so it's going to take some work. It's going to take the highest level, which is our NFL um, players and athletes making those changes. Now, the fortunate part is that at the grassroots level right now, the game is so much safer, so much better than it was five years ago, ten years ago. So all the athletes that are coming up now, they're learning how to properly tackle. They're learning how to properly block. And so in ten years when they're the ones that we're looking at getting drafted, they're the ones that we see in college, they're learning a better, safer technique so that the rule changes won't be as drastic for them when they get to the NFL, if you understand what I'm saying. It makes it a much cleaner transition by the younger athletes that we have now that are competing, the kids that are my son's age and even younger, the kids that are middle school now that have come up through USA and heads up tackling or had coaches that were progressive and taking the head out of the tackling, using proper language. Those are the athletes that are eventually going to get to the NCAA and then eventually to the NFL level that will be sparking the change. And so the next superstar will now be a kid who is groomed in the better, safer technique and superior technique in terms of keeping the game safer and taking the head out of the tackle and taking the head out of blocking and using proper language. And then those kids also become coaches who will now go back and teach those kids. If you see what I'm saying, they're basically weeding out the old school way of thinking because we're losing athletes to other sports because of the safety concerns. And the thing that always you know, baffles me is that football is such a non-excuse sport. right? If, if the offensive lineman is getting beat, by a defensive end, that we're going to put a tight end over there, we're going to send it back to chip them, right? They're going to give them some help. Now, with football, they're getting under attack for, you know, different injury concerns, and there's so many other sports that are far more dangerous than the concussion rates and the injury rates are so much higher. But they don't get the same love or the same shine because they're not in the spotlight. And so football, instead of pointing a finger and say, look at soccer, you know, look at gymnastics, look at cheerleading, where you see all these different injuries, they say, you know what? What are we going to do to make it better and safer? Let's figure out a way. Let's get with coaches. Let's get with athletes. Let's get with former players who can help progress and push this game down the field so that it's better and safer for the generations that come behind us. And that's where we are now. And so, again, it's, it's not without its challenges. No sport is. But at the same time, we're progressively and actively making the game better and safer by qualifying coaches and putting them through, you know, teaching um, protocols and more importantly, teaching our athletes and using language that's conducive to safety. And then again, safety becomes a byproduct of better technique. And so the more we can do it, the more athletes, I know I did it with my team and we had a pretty, you know, successful season in terms of injuries and, um, In our league in general here in in Texas, you know, we saw the numbers go down in terms of injuries, especially head injuries, because we're teaching a better and safer technique and everybody's bought in. And so it's going to take that on a much more larger scale on a macro view, and it's just city by city, league by league, school by school, and eventually it will trickle its way up through the college ranks and then eventually to the NFL. But it's going to take time. It definitely is, and and hopefully our sport will survive long enough to see those um, changes come to effect. You know, I think I think you said, it, like, something very
1: important, right? You talked about, you know, the effect or, like, the different sports, right? And football is great, right? And, listen, mm-hmm. we both agree, and you said it earlier, I love football. And that's what I said on my Twitter, I love football. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that, you know, when we were playing, I don't know about you, but my youth coach should probably be, if he was still coaching to this day, he'd probably be arrested for some of the stuff <laughs> they did to us, right? I don't know if you had that problem with your youth coach, but. You know, and don't get me wrong, I love my youth coach. I love them to dot, But, like, I remember a lot of people running miles on end after making one mistake, you know, mm. and the kids are not like they used to be. I don't care what anybody says. They're not the same type of kids. And those nope. coaches that were treated like that, I'm sorry, the players when we were younger were treated like that, are now the coaches. And yes. some of them still think that's the, that's the case, right? I mean, anybody can teach one position, right? The problem, you know, the thing with you were saying about the safety thing, I think it's as safe as it's ever been. You know, people might disagree with me, but I think the game is getting safer in that aspect. What's, what's mm-hmm. gone down now is the coaching, I think, because yeah. I think the guys that made us run, they knew their X's and O's. Some of the coaches today, they think just because they're good in Madden, they, they can do great, right? You can, oh, <laughs> listen, I, guess, I have this playbook. I'm a youth coach, and I have 10,000 plays. Listen, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old is not going to know ten thousand plays. Sure. You know, like it's my like my son's flag team. We we run we run an offense. We have five running we have I'm sorry four running plays, and two passing plays. That's it. Yep. And we run them and run them and run them and run them. And we're very good by yep. doing that. Where I see yep. sometimes when we play against some teams, and just in flag football alone, there's seventeen different formations in one game. And I'm thinking yep. to myself. Even if I was scouting them and I'm a seven-year-old, right, that's 17 formations. There's no way a kid could know 17 formations. Now, you're a great coach. You could do this. You're more than happy to respond back and be like, well, we do this, we do that. Yeah, but I only coach once a week, right? I don't know. what You coach your son's team, right, Willie? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guarantee yes. you don't have 17 different formations, right? You probably no, have, no, like, no, no. Yeah. So you, you, the thing I think a lot of youth coaches don't understand And my thought on the whole youth process, and like you know, they don't know as much as you. So if you know how to do quarterbacks, coach quarterbacks, and if you have to coach everything, find something to do it. Like either get a book. You can buy my book coming out soon. I'm just saying, back to the basics drill manual. Little shout right there, Willie. Or you can get a different, or you can get something else, or ask someone like a coach Pyle, you know, a coach Stone. You know, there's lots of coaches, Coach Crosby. You know, there's a lot of coaches that could help you out in that sense. You know, that's yep. what people don't realize. You know, yep. um, and I love how your point about, you know, I, and here's the thing, like the NFL has a thing, play smart, play safe, I believe it is. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Um, they should hire someone like you to be their, their ambassador. Beside, I know you're an NFL ambassador, per se, you say, but they should have you as a spokesperson or like someone, like one of our old bosses, Michael Haynes, as the forefront. Because right. we know this now, and you said it earlier. The NFL players nowadays, they don't do the training you did when you played. And the guys with the leather helmets, those guys, geez, I don't know how some of them survived in some of those hits, right? It's, it's amazing right. how the game has totally evolved from point A to point B. It's amazing on that. So, but, yeah, uh, one more thing, Coach Powell. The one thing I mm-hmm. really like, and I just took it, was a, we're going to do a commercial break in a second. The 3D coaching does a great job with the coach to making a coach more complete. And the one thing, I took their class, and, you know, we had Wes Simmons on as an earlier guest. And after having him, like, just listening to him talk and taking the class, I learned so much. And as a coach, and this goes for any coach out there, don't mm-hmm. be, and, and, and Coach Powell is a perfect example, of this. don't be just satisfied where you're at. Coach Powell right. has went from being a quarterback in the Bronx, went to Virginia Tech, showed up when Michael Vick showed up, and instead of like taking his head, putting his head down, turning and running, you just said, "Crap, I'll just go be an All-American safety." And like, look what you yep. did. You you now have you have a beautiful wife, kids because of football, and that's going to be our next question in a second. You have mm-hmm. you have you played in the NFL, you have your own business, and. I mean, your avenue is just open by playing the game, and that's what we're going to go over in a second. But, Coach, that was an awesome answer to the question. I just wanted to add a little to it, but excellent job. I appreciate it. With that being said, there's the whistle. Uh, We're going to go to the 3D uh, 3D coaching commercial break. Uh, Remember, if you you go to my website, on the bottom of my website, it has a thing by 3D Coaching, Unite All. That's 10% off of all their products. As of right now, I believe, um they still have that free ad course so if you get a chance uh take check it out it's for athletic directors but as a coach i would take it if you want to take the 20 dollar course i highly recommend it i took that course
0: first and then
1: all of a sudden then i got the uh the unite all thing so make sure you do that use the unite all for 10 percent off their product coach we'll be right back commercial break
0: what legacy will you leave as a coach The 3-Dimensional Coaching Framework empowers coaches at every level to fulfill their transformational purpose by helping them become fundamentally sound, skilled at coaching the mind, and focused on developing the heart. Are you needing to take courses to meet professional development or recertification requirements? If so, check out the different online 3D coaching course offerings at 3 dinstitutecom You can even take the 3D coaching course for 3 graduate credits. Make sure to use the coupon code UNITEALL to save 10% on your entire cart. That's UNITEALL, no spaces, all one word, at 3dinstitute.com.
1: All right, Coach Stone, podcast number 11. We're back. We're on the first drive, Coach Pyle.
0: Here's the question for you.
1: And we've already talked about this because we both met beautiful women playing football, right? Because you met your yes, wife sir. playing football, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, pr- yeah, pr- pr- yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hashtag. Meeting a beautiful wife, right? <laughs> right. Uh, using football as a platform for change. That is my question for you. You're,
2: the clock has started, Coach. Go ahead. Yeah. So when you, when you talk about using football as a platform for change, because you're in the spotlight, especially at the, at the, the NCAA and professional level, and some, for some kids it might be even in high school with the advent of 7-on-7 seven seven and social media you start to have a, a – you create a platform for yourself. And so football, whether you play professionally or you are attempting to play professionally, we're seeing now due to social media and word of mouth the type of influence you can have on our culture. And because of it, it's, a, it's a sport, right, and everybody's not necessarily going to play it, but there's a way that you can connect with so many people through sport because everybody loves it. Right? Uh, it's, so many, it's a large segment of folks who love the sport of football, and so you can use it as a platform to create change, and sometimes it's, um, it can be controversial, as we've seen with, with Colin Kaepernick, as far as using his platform as an athlete and for social change, but then you can also see people using it for a change to make the game safer, right? You have athletes that are being advocates for teaching the kids how to practice better practice safer and getting the kids from in front of the video games and the whole play 60 initiative so that they're not in front of the video games and they're out playing with their friends and they're out enjoying, you know, just nature, right? Getting from staying inside the house and getting out and about and being active and physically fit because there is a connection between physical fitness and your emotional fitness. And so we we see that football can truly be a platform to create change if it's you know whenever it's used in, in in certain contexts and and like I said we've seen it here recently and it can only get better as the athletes become more aware of their of their power right as athletes take control and take command of the message that's being put out there by them and before you had to wait till you spoke to the newspaper and which you did an interview before your your thoughts got out there or before your passion or your vision or your stuff off the field got out there. But now you can do it in 140 characters and, 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 and then you can have your, your thoughts and your vision and your your brand and your uh, passion can be displayed. And so uh, it's a lot of athletes that I think do a great job of taking advantage of the platform that they've been given through the sport of football. And it, it comes with some measure of influence, but at the same time, it's great responsibility as well. And, you hope that they're using it for good and using it for the right things to, you know, to help lead our kids and the next generation in the right direction. So, uh, like I said, football has always been just a vehicle. Initially, it was a, a vehicle to, to, to be around my friends and meet great people and to compete. And then it became a vehicle for me to get a free education. You know, leaving school and college with zero debt is a, is, a, is a something that everybody doesn't get to do. And so I was very thankful um, for the opportunity to go to Virginia Tech and earn a degree, you know, in three and a half years or four years um, to earn a degree in business management and a, a, a minor in leadership, and all because of football, right, because they had good grades and because of football. And so I think our, the message to our, our, our young athletes, specifically our high schoolers, is that you can use football as a vehicle and as a platform to get a lot of things out in life, great networking, great um, opportunity to get a great education if we, you know, if we focus on it and, uh, and then you can take it as far as you, you, know, you want to go. So I was, um, I was one of the few um, lucky ones who was fortunate to go all the way as a pro. If you look at the percentages, you can see why I say the few lucky ones because so many play it but only a small .001% actually make it to the NFL and, and play. And so it was a, uh, it, I was fortunate. But at the same time, after football, and even during football, but more importantly after, I'm using it as a way to connect and reach out and reach back to athletes who I know are traveling that same path that I did and hopefully can avoid any mistakes that I made and, and then champion the successes that I did on my way to this uh, point now. That's, that's awesome.
1: Could you, with, that, with that question being said, let's do this. If you were right now, any listener here that's listening as an athlete, what advice do you have them? Because you just said it earlier, the mistakes we've made in our past, right? Like I'm yes. thinking to myself, what happens if, if social media was there when I was younger, right? Oh, Lord, yeah, don't good point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Awesome. We, don't have to, we, don't, we don't talk about that, right? We don't have right. to worry about
2: that, absolutely. You know, yeah. someone once told me, you got the three river rule.
1: Remember that rule we learned in South Yeah. Right? The three river rule, right?
2: So yeah, hopefully, let it go. Uh, yeah, you
1: just let it, let it go. go. We'll let it go. But if you had an athlete right now in front of you, or a parent, mm-hmm. what advice yep. would you give them? If you had to give them, like, three minutes or
2: two-minute advice, what advice yep. would
1: you tell them right now?
2: Go ahead. Okay, so, you, so, it, so it was, clarify it. We have an athlete that's in high school trying to go to college, an athlete in college trying to go to the league. What, and which, 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 um, which, where, where Why don't we, we do about? both?
1: Why don't we do both? both? Okay, that's, perfect. Yeah. So you do the that's, first yeah. one. Do the high school kid first, because, I mean, that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing they yes. see on TV, what happens in the NFL, oh, it's okay for him to play fight, or, you know, it's okay for him to do this. But it, but I know yeah. back when you and Mike Keynes played, that was not called for. Like, no. I don't remember the time Willie Pyle would do that. Now, we, we do have a, a friend right now. We have, I mean, I, I consider him a friend. I know you're, you're really good friends with him. But I, I consider him a hero. But George Teague, right? He is mm-hmm. famous for hitting T.O. on the star. But right. I don't consider that being rude I consider what T.O. doing was very rude. All, all George did was stand up for that star, if that makes sense. I mean, it was kind of like T.O. being a bully. Maybe that's not me. Maybe that's wrong for me to say that, but that's how I felt when he did that. You know, T.O. was being a yeah. smart butt. And it's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame George for doing that. I probably would have done it too. Right. You know, so. Right, right. And I don't think they got kicked out of the game either, did they? Neither guy got kicked um,
2: out of the game. I think T. did. I think T. got oh, kicked he out. Did? If I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, cool. I think he did get kicked out, but I think he said it was worth it because he's yeah. defending the star, and he's the defender of the star, and yeah. I, he just yeah. goes around knocking people off their spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so to your, so to your point. Um. You, so, if I had a high school kid in front of me, right? I, I do, unfortunately, through fast that I get to interact with a lot of high school athletes, and you know, they're they're trying to figure out this path towards a, a scholarship and an education via whatever sport: baseball, basketball, lacrosse, football. Um, did soccer, so many different avenues to, to, to make it um, in a college. And the main thing that I tell them is to take control of the process early, right? And the reason why I say that is because if you're waiting for a coach to contact you, if you're waiting for somebody to tell you what grades you need to have, what score you need to get on your um, standardized test, then you're already behind the eight ball. You're already late right? They're offering kids earlier and earlier. The recruiting is starting earlier and earlier. And if you're a kid who wants to play a sport in college, take control of the process. Educate yourself. Parents, educate yourself early. What are the core components? What do they need? What GPA do we need to have? What SAT or ACT, depending on your region, what you need to have to qualify. Get those into the clearinghouse. And then, from a sports performance standpoint, make sure you are working your craft. I'm not saying do it all day every day, but I'm saying make sure you're honing your craft. Do not let days go by. It's not always physical. Sometimes it's mental. Oftentimes it's mental. But work on your craft, whether you're studying the game, thinking about it, writing about it, watching it, um, playing it. But just always have that in your mind that this is a goal that you want to do. Because the higher you go, the more specified, the more focused, the more driven the athletes you're going to play with and against are. And so when you go from high school to college, that thing gets, it gets turned up a notch. And these are kids who are going to school specifically to play a sport, go specifically to get an education. And so you really have to fo- focus and, and hone in on that skill. And, and, and so for me, it really comes down to parents and kids taking control of the process and learning exactly what it's going to take for them to get to their school of choice. That's awesome.
1: You know, I, I, there's something I do, you know, I'm always looking online to Make myself better. Fifteen
0: mm-hmm.
1: important life lessons children learn through playing sports. Right? It's at uh, believe uh, at believephq. That's uh, the Twitter handle. What, ready for okay. this? These are fifteen. Tell me if you agree with these. Sports teach the importance of staying fit and healthy. Sports mm-hmm. teaches children about how to manage pressure. Sports mm-hmm. teaches about how to set and achieve goals. Sport teaches children the importance of working in a team. Yes. Sport teaches children how to deal with success and failure. Yes. Sports teaches children how to manage their time. Sport also teaches the importance of hard work. Sport teaches children about the importance of learning from failure. Sport teaches children about how to be a leader. Sports teach children about respect and values. Sports teach children how to overcome adversity sport teaches children about how to never give up mm-hmm. sport teaches children the importance of practice to improve skills sport teaches children about the importance of listening to feedback that's a great one hashtag #feedback mm-hmm. yep sports teaches children how to become resili- resilient resilient that i mean i don't know about you but that's pretty darn good right there Yes, everything was right on, spot on. This is why people should have their kids, and I I think you're a firm believer in this, not just play one sport, play all three sports, and play the sports when they're in season. You know, there's too many times I see fall ball when, when baseball's in the spring right now, and we have football players still playing fall ball when there's football going on, you know. So, well, Coach, let's do this. Before we go to the whistle, I want to give you a quote Frank Beamer said that I really like. Football is a lot like life, and you're going to have disappointments. The issue is how you can come back from them. And I think that's awesome what Frank Beamer said. And, you know, I wish – I mean, I know you have stories about him. That might be a future podcast. But that guy I thought was – he's an excellent person. He always spoke very high on stuff and things like that. So we're going to do that. We're going to let the whistle blow now. We're at halftime, Coach. We're going to do a commercial break during halftime. We're going to do the halftime show first. Before we come back, we're going to talk about Huddle. I know you have it, I have it, and things like that. But then when we come Mm -hmm. back from halftime, we'll do the kickoff return question about your company and things like that. Okay, so Coach Show Podcast number 11. We'll be right back.
0: Huddle is a leading software company revolutionizing the way coaches and athletes prepare for and stay ahead of the competition. Go to at HuddleFootball on Twitter or go to www.huddle.com forward slash football for more information. That's hudl.com forward slash football.
2: The Big Four, a physical education book written by Coach Anthony Stone, can be purchased through the following locations, Amazon, iTunes, BarnesandNoble.com, and Kobo. Brunch. $30. Thirty dollars.
1: That's okay, Wendy. That was a good carry. You're still the
2: man. You're the man. Latte, four dollars.
1: Shake it off, Johnny. Rub some dirt
2: on us. New piano, three thousand dollars. All right, guys. They're not saying boo. They're saying movers. Supporting your team. It's all right, Bobby. You still got the best arm in the neighborhood. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's Mastercard. This is VCap, right?
1: Back from halftime, Coach Stone podcast number eleven. My guest again is Willie Pyle. Willie, you're still there? Yep. Perfect. Let's do this. We just got we just got done talking about the speed. He went through the uh, acronyms with me with the fast thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach. Yes, with that sir. being said, your entrepreneurship. Let's talk about your company and your personal branding. The the floor is yours though. Talk about your company, and really talk high mm-hmm. because I see your son on some highlight films. And I'm like, uh, just so you know, what's his first name again? Jalen. Yeah, he's going to be in the NFL. Mark this down right now on this day. He will be in the NFL, or he will be an NBA player, or he will be a soccer player. Whatever he wants to do, he's going to be a professional athlete. <laughs> so mark my word. Man. And and he's also a model. Remember that. I just want you to know.
2: I see yeah, he, yeah, he's right? the one that
1: got us into
2: it. Yeah, absolutely. He's the
1: one that got yeah. you into it,
2: right? Yeah, he's the one that uh, got me into it. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe next yeah, so, time when we do a podcast together, we'll, uh, we'll make a video cast so they can see how good-looking you are,
2: Willie. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> We're right. We want to keep the viewers, stone. We don't want to scare them <laughs> off, man. But let me tell you, so, uh, so, so with, with FAS, so um, as I was retiring uh, from football, you start thinking about a transition plan. What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you want to do? I've always been very good working with athletes. The younger athletes, my teammates, I've always had a word. And towards the end of my career in Canada, you, re-use, you typically have six months of football and then six months to do whatever because the offseason isn't like the NFL. It's not structured that way. It was you got six months on your own, better come back in shape. And so um, I was trying different things in the off season and was training. Um, and what I did was I had guys starting to come and saying, what are you doing in the off season? I'm going to come down to Dallas and train with you and so I started, they started working out, and guys coming back into camp, you know, feeling good, feeling in shape, feeling strong, and I realized that, you know, this is a business opportunity, you know, if I'm working with these athletes, and, you know, uh, one of, uh, a friend of mine was uh, getting ready to train athletes for the draft, and he said, do you want to come work with the DBs? You know, it's the off-season. It's January. You can come help with the DBs in a skill position. You know, I don't work with those guys, and I was like, sure, so I, I went and did, and You know, it worked out great, and we started working together and getting his athletes right, but then my model needed to shift because that was just a pro focus, and I wanted to focus more on the youth because I realized that if the pyramid of excellence in our sport has the NFL guys at the top and the youth football players at the bottom, if I just focused at the top, I'll be missing a whole segment at the bottom. And so if I flip that pyramid upside down and focused on the – base of it the youth athletes the ones who are trying to break into sport not just football but all sports and then slowly work our way to the pro athletes who want to get better who want to get to that second contract or who want to actually make it to the whatever league they're in then we can do that but let's focus our base on the youth athletes and that's how fast was born because i said what are the five what are the areas that athletes need to be proficient in to be considered masters in their sport, to be considered great in their sport. And I thought about the basketball athletes that I watched and that I thought were excellent. Akeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan. And I always thought about their footwork. And then I thought about their agility, their quickness, their speed, their functional strength. We're not talking benching 450, but we're saying being able to move people around. And then their technique, how they crafted and and worked their technique. And I saw there was a common thread between all the elite athletes, Roger Federer right? Tennis athlete, his footwork, his agility, his speed, his strength, his technique, right? Uh, uh, um, football players. We started talking about baseball players, right? Coming off the mound, playing defense in the outfield. Some of the gold glove winners, you look at their footwork, their agility, their speed, their strength, and then their technique. And there was a common thread. And I kept seeing it and I said, you know what? It makes a great acronym because I love dealing in acronyms and it was fast. And somebody asked, how do you train? You said, well, I train fast. And a lot of times you got to train fast to play fast, right? And we're talking about just flat out being a fast athlete on the field. Well, how do you do that? Well, you better have your footwork in line and your agility um, on point, and you better have a measure of some speed and some functional strength to get the job done, and you better be excellent at your technique. And so the more I I drilled it, the more I worked with it, it really crossed over to all the sports I was working with, and I started this company. And so from there, as I started to build the, the athlete list of kids who I worked with, it kept coming back to young athletes and then middle school and high school and then college and then pro. And so I didn't lose any of those levels. And we talk about the excellence in the different sports. It just allowed me to give them a better structure on how to get better. And and once I did that, I was able to continue to work um, with athletes here locally, went, like you said, to Seoul Korea to work with athletes there. Um, I've taken the program to, you know, Utah. Um, I've taken it to Nevada. I've taken it everywhere um, that I can work with athletes. You know, that's all I care about is helping them get better because I feel like if I'm a part of their plan, just a small part of their plan for success then they can replicate it and duplicate it as they get older, as they get higher up, as they go from middle school to high school, high school to college, college, to whatever professional league they choose to play in. And so right now, fast, great things are happening with FAST as we're in the works of, um, you know, expanding and doing some great stuff here in the DFW area. And so, you know, Lord willing, everything comes together and we'll have some even more announcements the next time we get together on a podcast and I'll be able to share those with you as well.
1: Awesome, awesome. I, and like I said earlier, Willie had the opportunity to take his, his uh, craft and take it to South Korea. And I want to tell you right now, seeing those kids go through his little regiment, yeah. if I was still playing, I'd be all over that. Because as a quarterback, I was not the fastest. I was like a four seven three, But, I mean, seriously, a 4'8". And when I, when I played in college, I know when I went to indoors, I was a lot slower. But, seriously, mm-hmm. if you get a chance, Willie, is there any classes right now that you, you have space available? Or how does, it, how does it work? Like if someone's in your area or wants to travel to your facility, like oh, yeah. how, do, they, do you have any classes going on right now? Or can you like give a rundown of oh, you have any classes?
2: Absolutely. So the, 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 the segment that I have standardized classes are my youth and my uh, high school. So the youth athletes, we do speed and agility every Tuesday, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. It's an hour-long session. And it's civically grades first through sixth. That's the age group that I typically get in there, and we do a full speed and agility class. We're working We go straight through the model. Footwork, agility, speed, strength. and then we always finish with a game, because right. kids love to see their, um, they love to see their, their work um, manifested in their sports. And so we'll end with kickball. we'll end with you know, sharks and minnows with flags, flag football. We'll do a lot of different things to put what we learned in the class to use. And so I have that standardized class on Tuesdays. And then on on the weekends, I do a speed and agility class, which has a little bit more of a football focus for our middle and high school athletes on Saturday. And these are in the Grapevine South Lake and also in the Frisco areas as well of DFW. And I'm able to work with these athletes, and literally we're, we're training their muscle memory, their, their their muscle patterns, their movement patterns, so that they can be efficient every time they step on their given fields. Whether you play soccer, baseball, basketball, lacrosse, football, they all have drills, and skills that transform. And then when I get specific, that's my class called Fast Blitz. Now, the Blitz program is football specific. So we're talking skill development, football players that play defensive back, linebacker, receiver, you know, running back, uh, all those different positions that have a measure of of skill or off the ball, if you will, not necessarily O-line and D-line, but all those positions that are off the ball, I get a chance to work with them and we dive deep. It's a little bit more intense class, but it's geared directly for football athletes. And that's where I'm able to get them on the field and go over the skills that they'll need to compete at a high level. And so the reason I do that is because when it comes to football, I like to say that I understand and I know the game of what I'm doing. When it comes to hitting a curveball, when it comes to kicking a soccer ball or or scooping a lacrosse a uh, lacrosse ball and taking a shot, That's not my wheelhouse. I was not a professional in there, and I didn't get paid doing that. And so I defer and I outsource skill development in those courses and those sports to people that are in my network so that they can get authentic coaches from people who played that sport at the highest level. And what that does is it keeps the integrity of FAST intact. I'm not out here trying to teach a kid how to do a crossover and pull up from 30 and shoot a jump shot like Steph Curry I can do that myself my jump shot I is gonna pretty say, good. I was going to say you could
1: do that. But I'm
2: not, yeah, I good. could do it, but it wouldn't be as authentic as somebody who played the game in college or coached the game at the AAU level and, and has a passion for working with athletes in that sport and in that field or a volleyball coach who really wants to help athletes learn how to bump, set, and spike. I can do that. I've done it before, but I'm no expert in it, and I didn't play professionally or even at a high level in any of those sports um, outside of basketball. And so – I would defer and I outsource the skill development in those sports to a trusted group of people that I have in my network so that your athlete is always getting the best coaching that I know um, is available. And so when it comes to football specific, I'm the guy, I'm your guy that can help your athlete get better and take their game to another level. If it's another sport, then I help them get, become a better pure athlete, whether it's the speed and agility, the strength and the footwork. I help them, but then I reserve that T, that final T in the FAST acronym. I reserve that for someone who's done it at a high level so that your athlete gets the best of both worlds.
1: And, you know, that's really good that you say that because there are some programs out there, right, that do, mm-hmm. even though let's say they played in the NFL. Let's just get the NFL because we're talking about that, right? But then all of a sudden they can teach the kid how to do what you said, a crossover and shoot. Now, personally, I know this for the audience. I've seen Willie do that. He can do that. But he's being honest where he's got enough people in his network or his circle that he's Mm -hmm. going to send you to someone that does it right. So you'll get the F-A-S-S from him. The T part, unless it's not football, you're going to go somewhere. He'll get you somewhere else with that. Now, if anybody – and this goes for any women's team in the the DFW – Area. If you oh, want, yeah. Coach Pyle, a women woman football player. If you want, if you're in that Dallas area, and or
2: whether, what other areas you said, Willie, you go to. You go to Dallas. Where else? Yeah, da- yeah, Dallas, or uh, I'm down here right near the airport. So Grapevine, South Lake, Keller, and in, in, in Colleyville, and then up in Frisco as well in the Frisco, Plano, um, McKinney, and Prosper area. And so, so I train athletes on, on both sides. Yep.
1: Yeah. So any athlete, women or guy athletes,
2: yes. I'm telling mm-hmm. you
1: right now, you definitely want to try it out. You know, Coach Pyle, especially the first through sixth graders, you know, if you're in that area, for sure take class, get the opportunity on a Tuesday class, weekend classes, and I know you do private ones too, because I remember yes, one time we had, to go, absolutely. we had to go to Elko, we had to go to Elko, yep. and that's where we, we went with as a group of us, and, um, you know, I felt, I felt really honored you guys did that and everything, when we went down there for that Elko youth program that does an awesome job. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of youth programs I've been a part of, but those guys and other places I've been to, um, they, I remember you had to reschedule your whole thing around all your athletes for that yeah. to go to those yeah. four days. Yeah,
2: to, to go, be, go be there with them. And i tell you, they were, uh, okay. like you said, they were a great group, uh, a, a group of, of dads and, and coaches who really, really believed in developing those athletes and developing those kids and you know for a remote, you know, relative (laughs) relatively remote area, they (laughs) did a great they did a great job. I mean we had to go, what was it, the salts? We had to travel through the salt lands. I mean, felt like we were traveling through Mad Max uh, (laughs) of driving out there. I'll tell
1: you this right now, we did it back to the basement camp there last year and it was it was big, just like we did it with you when we did it. The only difference Willie Mm remember when we did it with Wayne and Chris, we did it with All the kids all at once. And then I remember you guys saying, what did you guys, what did I do to you guys, right? And then the following year, I I brought Jen Jen Walter out this past year. We broke the camp Mm -hmm. in three different camps. And by the end of the night, Jen's like, I'm ready for some water and some, uh, you know, water and food. She's like, but she's like, that was awesome. But she said the same thing you said. Where are you taking me, Stone? Because she... She's like, where did you just drop me off at? Because I thought you were, like, punking me. She's like, if I didn't know who you were, I wouldn't have believed you when I landed here. But, yeah, right. it's, it's, in the, it's in the middle of nowhere. But I'm telling you right now, great community, great city. Uh, Dale, Heather, Scott, you guys do doing an awesome yes. job. Keep up the great work, you know, and we'll, we'll talk soon, man. We'll talk soon. All right, Coach, with that being said,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's the whistle. We are going to go with our second drive question now and it's probably going to be short and sweet and you know it's one thing mm-hmm. we always talk about we even talk about it when we, when we're traveling together or when we text or like you said earlier you had to be like you had to say, oh wait stop coach we had a you had a kid you had a kid issue let's yeah. talk about the family let's talk about the family yeah. so the fam- if the question is you know your family so you can answer it however you want I just want you to. Talk about your family. I know you guys are all models and everything, but uh, Mm. (laughs) did the did the baby get a model pose yet or no? Is he in the model modeling business yet? You know
2: what? That's funny because he has, he is, yeah, yeah, he he has, yeah. Bryson, Bryson, yeah, you'll see us in a uh, a Father's Day spread here coming up soon. They'll start releasing the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, But he and I did a photo shoot, and that's the funny thing is that's how Jalen and I got started together. Uh, he was doing it long before I was, but that was one of our first shoots together was a Father's Day shoot for JCPenney, and, um, you know, I still look back on that with uh, fond memories because he was so young. And then um, Bryson and I, you know, for the same organization, cause their headquarters are here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so, nice. um, you know, our agency put us there, and like I said, we're able to, to work together, and that's a fun thing, you know, when you can work with your son.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, I know you were in the movie, yeah. too. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. it. if you want to touch base on the movie before we talk about the family, that's fine. But uh, the floor is yours, Coach. Go ahead. Yeah, well,
2: you know, my, my family obviously is, is, is the most important thing uh, to me because they, they give you the, the confidence, the motivation, the energy to go out there and, and compete, whether it was in sports, whether it's now in, in business, or, um, you know, just to, just to keep moving forward. And I have a great wife Kia, who went to UVA. Um, Even though I went to Virginia Tech, she went to UVA, and uh, that didn't stop anything. You know, she still loves me. (laughs) Even though they never beat us in sports, Um, (laughs) they don't. So then, uh, and and like I said, we've been married for um, going on 12 years this July, and we have two young sons. And the older one, Jalen, he is, um, you know, an athlete. He's a model. He's a great student. um, He's a great friend. To so many uh, of his classmates, he's a leader in the school. I mean, he's just an all-around great kid. And as you, you know, as you alluded to, I, I try not to put too much because I'm like, man, how much is bragging, how much isn't? But he really is an outstanding athlete and a competitor. And you can see him using sports as a vehicle to, um, to a better way as he gets older. You know, um, it helps him with accountability. It helps him um, with learning how to fail. Like you said, those 15 great things you can apply all of them. To him and so um, I'm excited for his future as long as he stays in that good path and puts the right people around him um, outside of his family, including his friends. I think he has a bright future. Now, the younger one, he is something else because he's growing up around it. You know, he literally grew up on a baseball field. You know, when he was born, we were at a baseball tournament and, um, you know, we finished flag football and then went straight to a baseball tournament. So he's, you know, two weeks old, you know, in the stands getting some vitamin D. Uh, you know, to flush out the (laughs) job so he can watch, watch his big brother play some baseball. And so every day he goes, takes a nap. He has a soccer ball, a football, a baseball, a basketball. Some sports item is in the crib with him every single night. It's almost like he sleeps on his sport. And he just is in love with sports every day. Helmet for baseball, helmet for Football, he always has the ball. And like I said, I was just putting up a video of him shooting because he just, loves, he just loves sports. And he sees the joy that it brings, not only him or his big brother, but his friends. He's made so many friends through it. You know, it's a great icebreaker for new families moving into an area. Have your kid join a sports team. You know, that's a great way to meet parents and, and local people who share the same um, um, passions that you may share. You know, I think it's a cool idea. Uh, for families when they move that's how we got integrated into uh, the community was through sports you know a lot of our friends we met through sports and then they became lifelong friends to you know pretty much family and so uh sports plays a huge role in our lives and uh, it it worked it works out great for us i mean i just love it Um, um what sports has meant to us and for my family we enjoy so many cool things you know in terms of um, hanging out together, going to the park together, riding bikes, you know, working out, you know, we just love doing stuff together. And, you know, even to our extended family, like my in-laws and my people on my side, they just, um, everything revolves around the love of sports and the love of community and, and just hanging out. And like I said, we're fortunate to be in an area that thinks very highly of sports, that is very competitive, but definitely helps athletes if they choose that vehicle. They helped them pursue it and ride it all the way to the wheels fall off, and I'm I'm very appreciative of that, not only from the athletic standpoint, but also from the arts, um, including band. That's one thing I didn't mention in my bio, but I was in a marching band uh, all through middle school and high school, and uh, I didn't stop playing until I got to college. And so people always ask me, "What did you do um, at halftime?" And I said, "As a freshman, I was in the stands because I didn't dress on varsity. As a sophomore, I might have stepped out there a time or two with my gear on. As a junior," In a senior, I only did competitions in a marching band on the weekends. But I literally had four day practices in the summer. And it allowed me to grow into the person I am today because we would have football practice early in the morning, blacktop practice for marching band, football practice again after that, and then we would have in the band classroom practice so I can learn the music. And I did that for four years straight uh, in high school. And what it did is it helped me become a well rounded person and a well rounded dad. And, you know, I-, I pass those same things on to my kids now that you got to appreciate the arts, and that's where the acting and the modeling and stuff comes in because you want to be more than just an athlete. You want to be more than just a football or a basketball or a baseball player. You want to be well-rounded and be able to converse in any environment, and uh, that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on is having friends in different areas of our lives. So all of our friends aren't just sports people. You know, we have friends that are into other things, and you can communicate with them and have just as good of fun with them as you would with your baseball buddies or your basketball buddies. And so I think that's the beauty of, you know, sports is bringing people together. But just being well-rounded allows you to, you know, blend in in different uh, environments and be able to hold a conversation and laugh at music and, and have fun, you know, acting out of scene or, you know, taking photos or whatever it may be. You can have fun doing, doing that as well. And my family's been fortunate that we've been able to have our hand in each of those different areas. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Okay, Coach, with that being said, there's the whistle. Let's do this Mm -hmm. now. Two-minute warning. You give your words of wisdom two minutes or longer. It's up to you. Um, But leave the audience with something. Also, Coach Pyle, I want to thank you. I'm going to thank you again, of course, in a second. But thanks for coming on. Definitely going to have you back because I'm going to want to hear updates about your past company because I know you're going to expand. I'm going to tell you right now, we've talked about this before. I would love you to come up to Rockford to do a week-long camp. You know, I, I will definitely talk to people about that, and we always talk about this, but definitely want to do that. I think your program's phenomenal, and seeing it firsthand is, is like a priceless moment there. But uh, go ahead, Coach. Yeah. Two
2: minutes, the floor is yours. So um, one of the things that I, I, I pride myself on is, is helping folks become their best. Right? And when you talk about what does it mean to be your best, we're not saying comparing yourself to the person next to you. The only person you're comparing yourself to is the person you were yesterday or the last rep you had or the last time you were in that environment. And so I often ask the question, what does it take to be your best? Because that's what coaches want. That's what they want from you. They want your absolute best in that moment on that play. And I think there's four elements that go into being your absolute best. And I told you I love dealing in acronyms. And for this best, we're going to break that word down. And B, in the best acronym, is you have to believe. You have to believe. The first thing you have to do every morning is tell yourself when you get up, this is going to be my best day. I'm going to give my best when I step out there. But you have to believe it. It's just lip service if you don't believe it. And how does somebody know that you believe it? They see you working towards it. They see you doing the things towards it. You're showing yourself. Like when I said I wanted to be the best safety to play at Virginia Tech, Well, shoot, I had to get in the weight room. I had to do some things that are going to allow me to do it, but I also had to believe it. I couldn't just say it. I had to put it forth to work to get to that point. And so when you ask somebody, are you you going to be your best? Can you give me your best? Well, they have to believe, number one. Number two, you have to come with tremendous effort and energy. It's rare that you see somebody at their best that doesn't produce a maximum effort every chance they get. If you look at sports, all across the sports landscape, look across the business landscape, and you see people give a maximum effort to be their best, to produce the best product, to be the best version of themselves, it means something when you put the energy and effort to it because now you become rewarded with um, with the fruit of all that labor that you put into it. The next part of best is sacrifice. Rare is the time that somebody can be the best at their field without sacrificing something, whether it's for young athletes, video games, you know, hanging with your friends because you've got to go extra batting practice. If you look at um, some of the coaches, sometimes you sacrifice a little bit of time at home with your wife. I know, Coach Stone, you wrote that great article about the support of family and having that wife that supports your vision and your goal and your dreams. And some of the things you had to sacrifice was time away from them so that you can be the best version of Coach Stone so that you can send those out to the masses. Well, that happens for anybody in any profession who wants to be their best. You're going to sacrifice something, and more often than not, it's time because that's the most valuable asset. So you end up um, sacrificing that, but it's what you do with that time that they able to come back four-, five-, and tenfold because it allows you to do different things, whether it's coaching at a university or, you know, a bigger uh, pay raise or um, seeing your product come to fruition, whatever it may be, it's going to take some measure of sacrifice. For my young people, it's going to be your time, and it's going to be how you use it and the time management you put out there. And then the last part of being your best is trust. If I'm going to be the best, I got to trust that I'm doing and learning the right things. And more importantly, I have to be trusted to do the right thing. And I also feel that if I can trust other people around me, no one man is an island, but trust that the people in my circle are there to help me be better, to help me reach my goals, then I know that I can defer and offset some of the stress. To someone else who's going to help maybe coach me or help mentor me or help guide me in an area or a profession that I want to have. And so when you break down the word, how do I be my absolute best? I got to believe in myself. I've got to bring a tremendous amount of effort and energy. I'm going to have to sacrifice something. It might be small. It might be big. But I'm going to have to sac- give up something. I'm going to have to sacrifice it. And then the last part is I'm going to have to trust. I'm going to have to trust my training. I'm going to have to trust somebody in my circle that's going to help come alongside me and edify me and build me up when I need it and to be able to give me a reality check when I need that too. But it's going to take something else besides you that you're going to have to trust. Is going to help put you in position. If you put those four things together, then you're going to be at your best. And I know that's the mantra I use for FAST right now. And I have to believe in my program. I have to bring effort and energy every time I step out there. I am sacrificing some time away from my family, but I understand what the goal is, and that's to help other athletes achieve their goal. Then I have to trust that they're going to put in the work, that I'm going to trust the training that I have. I'm going to trust that I'm doing extra studying to make sure that I'm giving them my best effort. Every time I get with that athlete, whether it's in a group setting or private one-on-one, you're going to get the best coach pile out there every time. And so that's, um, that's what I want to leave our audience with today. And, uh, again, thank Coach Stone for allowing me to come on this podcast and, and really share a lot about my story and some of the things that I believe in and, and uh, hopefully uh reach whoever's listening reach that one person that can use my story or use something they heard today to become diverse the their best version of themselves and if we've done that then we've done our job and each one reaches one and, and every time we reach one we teach one and so i'm looking forward to being on again with even more important and, and better news with fast and other things that we got going on including some uh tv and modeling projects that we got going and so uh, I'll keep you up to date, Stone, but this is a great yeah. uh, first podcast, man. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Well, th- hey, thank you so much. And that believe, effort, sacrifice, and trust was awesome. Yes, I, was like, I was like, you're preaching, bro. Keep preaching.
2: Yeah. And then when yes, you said
1: reach one, teach one, that is yeah. awesome. The one thing I always say when I'm at one of my back-to-the-basics camp or when I speak in front of coaches, listen, if you don't leave with, one or two things that you could take back to your program, then I didn't do my service. Because when you go to a Glazer clinic or you go to Nike clinics or a USA Football National Convention, yeah, it's all great, right? They teach you all. It's like utopia, right? All this stuff works. Yeah. But You don't yeah. know, unless you have what you have, you don't know if it actually works, right? You could take a piece yep. here and a piece there. You just can't take the whole thing. Because by taking yeah. the whole thing, it might not come in fruition the first year. And so that is true. Coach Pyle... Willie Pyle, thank you so much for being a guest. Can you do me a favor? What's your email address, or email address, or Facebook? Not Facebook. Uh, yeah, email address, Twitter, or your yeah, all of that. WhatsApp
2: yeah, again? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, for for me, if you talk about the social media contact, we got the at I train fast, and that's on um, Twitter and on uh, Instagram. Um, that's for the business by. Um, Facebook is, you know, facebook.com backslash I train fast. And so those are ways that you can see some of the things that we're doing. And I said uh, one of my commitments and my charges this year in 2018 is to be much better at social media because it's always been a challenge for me, Stone. I'm not going to lie. If I'm doing the coaching and the training, how can I give you my best effort if I got a camera in my hand? trying to document every single thing. It's like maybe set up a camera on the side. Well, then, you know what? I'm focused on the athlete, and I'm so locked in on helping the athlete that I don't have a camera crew following me. And so it makes it, makes it seem like, oh, man, if you're not doing work, unless it's put out there to the masses or social media. But I tell anybody who challenges that side of me, like, Coach, how come you don't have any of your drills on on social media, how can we not putting stuff out there? You know, all these other <laughs> trainers are doing stuff, and I and I show love to all those guys who are doing great things in the social media aspect and, and really promoting their brand and their business and their vision, and you know, helping kids get better because I believe many of them are in it for the right reasons, and so I love what they're doing because it just gives more credence to the trainers. Those kids can't go to them and they can get out here to DFW, and I get to work with them. It just gives us, you know, a better a better uh, a better view. Um, of what we can do but on the flip side of it I tell them if you really want to see my athletes putting in work pull up their huddle right because that's where you're gonna see it right we don't have to show you video of all the footwork drills and the stuff that we're doing every single time that we're doing it just know that they're learning the proper technique and when you really want to see them pull up put in work pull up their huddle and see if that stuff doesn't manifest on game day because that's the true measure all this stuff looks great on social media Right, and but if it doesn't translate to the game, and if your athletes can't replicate it, duplicate it, and get out there and compete using the techniques that you're teaching them, then what were we really doing? And so, like I said, I will be better at posting and doing all those things on social media. And I will say this just to give a shout out to Back to the Basics, um, I was fortunate to be in charge of our Dragon Youth football camp here in South Lake. And last year was my first year being the camp director, and with consulting with Coach Stone and Back to the Basics. We put on one of the best camps. Matter of fact, we got so many um, compliments that it was the best camp Dragon U football has ever done in the however many year existence. And it was because some of the things that we learned and consulted with Coach Stone in terms of putting the best practices, some of the games, some of just the flow of the event that I got from you, Stone, really, really helped put us on a whole another level and another map to the point now that they want to take the, the camp to an even bigger venue this year and hopefully be able to facilitate more kids. And so we're working on that, and that's something I'll loop you in at a later date once we get all the facts um, and all the details um, locked in. But I just want to give a shout-out because that Back to the Basics and Coast Stone Consulting definitely works because it was a whole nation and group of Dragon youth football athletes who had the best camp experience they've ever had um, this past year, and we're only going to do it bigger and better this this coming year.
1: Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Willie. And here's the thing, you know, you talked about you're going to work on that. I got two hashtags for you. Hashtag yep. F A S S T. You know, you're fast. Yep. And then yep. hashtag be your best. You know, yep. but capitalize the best. You know, B E yep. capital B E and then capital Y O U R. But then capitalize that B E S T because that acronym was awesome. And that, you could do that with all your. We're going to do that with all your. So, with, with this podcast, we're going to do that and we'll start those two off for you so then they can mm-hmm. always look at this podcast on social media. But, Coach mm-hmm. Pyle, thanks again. I want to thank everyone for listening to Coach Stone Podcast, uh, Coach Stone Podcast number 11. Thank you again, Willie Pyle. Thank you to JC Hawks Radio, JC Hawks Sport Network. Remember, if you ever miss an episode, you can listen to them on iTunes. Under JC Hawks Radio now, and I'll leave my audience with this: always remember instilling confidence by laying a foundation. Thank you, and have a great day, everyone.
0: Stone Podcast.